0: 10 o'clock but i don't really know and i can't remember caring for an hour or so Started crying and i couldn't stop myself i started running but there's nowhere to run to i sat down on the street took a look at myself say where you going then you know the world is headed for hell say your goodbyes if you got someone you can't save
1: Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by Seeky. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my guest co-host, Robert Smith. Because it's Saturday, because it's the first day of Draft Month, we want we can't put out our mock draft or our actual episodes out on the first of on a Saturday, but we couldn't start Draft Month without giving you guys some content. So we're doing a bonus mid-round draft prospects episode this time with our good friend Robert Smith, who's been a regular like all since the season's been ending. You've been a regular. Have I love s- it. We saw that the Bears weren't on the schedule this year for the first time since like 2016. And we we've been getting our fill on these drafts for profiles.
0: Oh, yeah, and I mean, talking draft is so much fun. That's where so many teams get better, and the Giants are no exception. I mean, you've got a wide-open division. Obviously, the Eagles, obviously awesome, but so many teams in this division, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, too, are going to get better this offseason, and the East should be a lot of fun to watch. With an NFC North that looks to be a little bit on the pitiful side, I can't wait to watch a lot of the battles that will happen close at home.
1: I don't think we've announced it on the show, but we put it on Twitter. Uh you're going to be joining us for our our live stream for the draft which is going to really, very exciting it's always a huge like you know weekend so it'll be you me Justin you and then and football grump Danny King is in California so he won't be joining us this this year but you're flying up to the John Boy Media office uh we're going to be cranking out draft stuff it's going to be it's going to be fun and I mean the Bears on the clock. What 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 pick are you guys at now? Seven or nine? Right
0: now we felt we fell to nine, and be a lot more interesting if we felt like we had a right tackle on the roster right now. But depending on what they do with Tevin Jenkins, that seems a little on the pigeonholed side. But you know what? They added DJ Moore. They added a couple future picks. I couldn't be happier with the trade down itself, Bobby. But the DJ on Moore what... part
1: of that trade is so huge. Like DJ so Moore, I, I I might be one of the bigger DJ Moore fans in the like the. Like NFL Twitter. Like I think he is so, so underrated. He looks when like I saw like ideas of like, oh, this guy's not really a a good wide receiver one. It's like, no, he is a flat out wide receiver one in the NFL. Like okay. unless you're putting him on with a top five to ten wide receiver in the NFL, he is wide receiver one and you're very happy about it.
0: That's exactly how I feel about it, where we've done this thing where we've invented this class of receiver, the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, and we've said, well, that's what a wide receiver one is. And if you're a Terry McLaurin type wide receiver, you're just, you know, you're a low end wide receiver one. And it's like C.D. Lamb, D.J. Moore, guys in that category that are outstanding football players, Bobby, especially guys like D.J. that look nigh uncoverable. They've just had, uh, let me list them, Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold, uh, P.J. PJ Walker, Walker. like these are the guys throwing them the ball. Like, let's hold our horses on trying to put everybody in hard and fast categories when there are some aliens playing the same position as them. But it's a fun time to be a Bears fan. That's for sure. Frankly, it's fun time for both of our franchises. Three years ago, when we used to do interviews, about the Bears and the Giants was much more depressing. Now is a much better time for both. Well, I'm going to say for the
1: draft stream, like obviously you'd any fan would rather have the first pick than the ninth pick foot before the draft stream. The ninth pick is like the perfect spot on mm-hmm. round one, because it's like, you got a good hour or so before you get to your pick. Right. But you're like every pick coming off the board. It's like, let my guy that I want to fall to us fall. Right. You know, and last year that happened to us with, uh, well, I wanted sauce more than cave but cave um, 2021 the bears the trade or the the trade with the bears you know the Huge. the Justin Fields trade that was a trade down where it's like we love trading down it was a it, like it was great value for the giants but we totally. were also like Rashaan Slater's right there um <laughs> giants fans were mad because the eagles traded up for got, getting DeVonte Smith and I was thrilled I was like thank you eagles for trading up getting DeVonte Smith now we get Rashaan Slater there and then they trade down Kadaris, Tony and hey, we got Darren Waller
0: out. But for the
1: for the vibe, for the excitement of draft night, ninth is like that really sweet spot where oh, it's yeah. like you're gonna get a good player. But are you going to get the guy that you want to fall to you? So it'll be exciting.
0: That's if they stay there, Bobby. That's true. I'm not about to make any promises, but I will not be too surprised. Because like you're saying, I don't feel like as many trades happen in the six, seven, eight region as they do starting 9, 10, and 11. Where you start to get to plenty of draft boards across the NFL, what they've got. 10 blue chip players, nine to 10 to 11 blue chip players. And suddenly you're running out of your blue chip players as you get around there. And a team around 16 says, I got to have my guy and they come up for it. I don't know what the bears are going to do, Bobby. I mean, they've got, so who many is your roles. guy at nine? It as, as of right Now, if I had to pick somebody at nine, it depends on what defensive end is there, because if Tyree Wilson somehow falls to nine, that that's a guy I am just salivating for. Right. And who knows what's going to happen with Jalen Carter, Bobby? You don't. I don't. So, like, does he fall all the way to nine? Do the Bears have any interest at that point? But right now, if you made me choose, it's probably it's probably Paris Johnson. I mean, I don't know. But how do you feel about Skaronsky? I'll ask you that.
1: See, I haven't even watched Skaronski yet because I know that like we're not in that range uh, right now. But I did watch Paris Johnson. I, I like Paris Johnson. He's not my favorite mm-hmm. tackle prospect ever. No, but I think he's going to be really good. Um, and There's he a would be... safety
0: factor there. I'm yeah. I'm not even going to lie to you.
1: I'm he's got the feet that the... you look for in a left tackle. Mm-hmm. And that's like the, that's the most important thing. The rest of this. And I think his technique is fairly solid, too. Um,
0: Does it help and... you if I tell you he's got 36 and a half inch arms? perfect like and he's a guy who
1: kind of understands like you don't need to be over punchy like kind of let the battle come to you like you know defensive ends are trying to use your hands against you so you'd rather punch let the battle come to you like defensive ends don't like to bull rush it's one of the something i've noticed more and more especially to do the offensive line report like a guy like chase Young, obviously hasn't played the last couple years but i remember with him He was going to be against Nate Solder. And I was like, dude, why are you not bull rushing this cat every play? You're trying to work around the corner. Defensive ends don't like the bull rush. And Andrew Thomas has said it in interviews. Like, he uses, like, this circle technique. He's like, I invite them. Bull rush me. Bull rush me. But defensive ends just don't like the bull rush, guys. So
0: There's no player like uh, some of these tackles that we've seen. There's not really a Panay Sewell in this draft. And that's okay. I mean, where the Bears are at right now, I can't help thinking it is this simple, Bobby. They just can't botch their first pick of the draft. Like if they pick a Kevin White or a Gabe Karimi to pull some really old bears examples, then the franchise is going to end up in a hole. They need a guy that's going to come in and play relatively well, probably relatively early. And so there's some defensive ends that I'm all for. There's a a note like Carter. If he falls, that feels like, yeah, take the Tunsil pick. Right. But within Johnson, for instance, I'm not about to try to pretend to you, Bobby, that I am just like, oh, my gosh, is he the best player or what? It's more like he makes the team better at a valuable position, keeps you from having to spend 20 million dollars on Mike McGlinchey. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I think he's going to be a pretty damn good left tackle in the NFL. And we know the Bears need that protection up front for fields Mm -hmm. right now. And I, I feel like you get a guy like Paris Johnson. Obviously, you can't come in and expect him to be good right away. But if right. he gets better towards the end of the year, like you can see some good things with that offense that fields is able to progress mm-hmm. as a throw. But anyways, let's get into these mid-round let's draft prospects. This is an issue with me and you. We can get we can go down rabbit holes for hours upon Very hours, difficult. which is going to make the draft stream great. So that I'm excited for that. Julius Brent's six oh, foot man. three corner out of Kansas State you we let watch him down at the senior bowl when we talked our you know our combine episode you were on him and then you did like a thread the next day on him he's your guy talk to me about him
0: i mean bobby that I, I can't say that I'm an expert in who Wink Martindale is, but when Wink Martindale was a wee lad and he was sitting in class, not wanting to listen to the latest English lecture, I imagined that he drew doodles of guys like Julius Brents, these dream corners that are so long and so tall. I mean, Brents, you said 6'3", 34-inch arms. He's got arms longer than some tackles, Bobby, and he uses them. I mean, we're talking about somebody who he had, if memory serves, one of the best combines. And I think he broke the broad jump record or at least got close to it. He ran quite a fast 40. His agility numbers are just as good as any of his other numbers with this guy, Bobby, he's only a mid rounder because he doesn't have the experience or the teaching to make him a first rounder. Like this is a guy with better physical profiles than some guys, even like Joey Porter, if you ask me, but it's it's all potential. And so, if the Giants like their defensive staff, if they think their corners coach can coach up the guy, then Julius Brent's is absolutely the kind of guy you're looking for because he played a couple years in Iowa in a zone scheme and then played a couple years in Kansas State in a cover three scheme. That, if you ask me, Bobby, it Pretty much accentuated everything he does not do because Kansas State, if you watch the tape I did, mostly asked him to play off coverage, not use his hands and then fall into a cover three zone where he had to break out of a hip turn, which is just tough for functionally any corner out there. And he still held his own for what it's worth and had a couple huge pass breakups. I can't help but think that this is a guy who played in a scheme that I don't like for him in Kansas state and is going to end up with a slightly artificial drop. And yet he still may be the best prospect available in that late second round. You know,
1: Horner is the position that I think is affected like draft profile wise by scheme more than any position in the end, uh, in, in the draft. I really do. I don't think there's a position more where it's like the scheme really can move you up 20 spots right. or drop you down 25 spots. Um, and can make you kind of hard to evaluate, uh, evaluate it at times. Like you said like I think the short area quickness is really good I mean he had the best shuttle time for Corners you know at six foot three at the combine I think there's issues with some long speed like getting beat vertically you know like and then when he does get like beat or stacked then he's you know full go and then they'll you know work in the comeback routes and and beat him off of you know cuts oh, yeah. in it in and out but when he like he like you said the quick short area stuff like he is He can flip his hips, he can pounce out of his backpedal really well. And when he does when he is able to get physical, like he's able to stick in the hip of a wide receiver and stay with them no matter what they're doing. So I I don't know if I love him as much as you, but like this is a guy who's like you said, six foot three, has like great short area quickness, like and like you said, there's a you know a guy you gotta let a coaching staff come in and mold, but like he fits he fits the bill of what you're looking for in these long corners
0: bobby i haven't been burned enough times by guys that i i saw this potential and then it didn't show up on the nfl football field to start watching too much for stuff like corner technique yet i mean if i could tell you a blind area of mine in the draft it's when you're talking about dbs i'm not looking for a corner that's got perfect technique unless i'm really looking to differentiate in the first round you know what i mean they've all got to relearn the position because they're all going to jump into a brand new defense Like you're talking about Brent has some bad habits. Let's call them what they are. When you turn Brent's hips and get him in a full run, you mentioned this. He won't bother to stop with somebody who breaks for a comeback. I've seen him at times just assume the play's over. I don't know if his motor is what I would like it to be. But I also don't know if there's any corner, including a lot of the first round guys, Bobby, that have the run stuffing ability that Brent does. Oh, yeah, he's great in run support. on the edge like against wide receivers on the side so my thought is is that what you lose in maybe some of that deeper area coverage you can try to get by by shading a safety in his direction or even just taking your losses and forcing the quarterback to hold on to the ball a little while longer before he's got to throw it because there are some plays that Brents will take away that to use I don't know other examples guys like Deontay Banks guys like um oh gosh, Clark Phillips, a lot of these smaller corners, they're just not going to be able to create the run stops that you'll get out of Brent's. That's going to be the difference between second and nine in some cases versus second and four off of a corner, right? And so I I don't know. I'm not trying to get obsessed over a corner that's good in the run game because it's more than that. We saw him at the Senior Bowl, what he looks like when he's allowed to be physical. And that's a pretty dominant player. It's just there's a lot there. there's a lot that has to get refined one of the raw players in the draft but six thirty four 34 inch arm guys with those hips don't grow on trees. and, and so he's got,
1: he's got good ball skills you know and there was there's a couple of times where he would kind of get caught peeking at the quarterback right um alabama like there was a, a play that they threw off the ball and then against tcu the running back came out on a wheel route and it's like you got to pick him up pick him up and he kind of yeah. got caught peeking and the running back got behind him The Alabama one, they were able to score the touchdown, but the TCU one, like he was able to get back into the catch space and get a pass breakup in there, even though like he kind of had a a crazy fall in there.
0: Like that that link gets applied like you're talking about, because for those that are listening, we're talking about a player that will get behind him. It's like he loses his feel of where the man is in zone coverage. And then as the ball floats over his head, Alabama's Bryce Young threw a perfect ball. But Max Duggan left it ooh just a little short. Right, Bobby? And suddenly Brent's got that hand in and snapped the ball away. And so it's. It's really all going to come down to where he lands, if he has to play immediately, and how he handles the original shelling of being an NFL corner, right? Because any rookie that plays corner in the NFL, they're going to they're take lumps awfully quickly, unless your name is Sauce Gardner, right? And so I'm curious to see what happens. Where do the Giants pick in the second round again? 57. 57 feels like it'll be about as early as anybody might consider taking Brent's. But if he falls into the third, I mean, to me, that's a slam dunk.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of where I have him is like top of the third is where, where I, I get, I, I, j- I just do my grades by like, where do, where, right. where do I like taking you? Not necessarily. Like I don't have a, I just a plus a, a minus kind of like that. I get um, you. So Brent's at six foot three, like a lot of potential. And, and like you said, tested really well next on the list we've got Joe Tipman the center out of Wisconsin and he's a big center six foot six 313 pounds and people I think people are falling in love like he's a good athlete in space you get him out you let him pull like he does some good things like that what is your reason for liking Tipman
0: Tipman's bizarre. I mean, honestly, I put him on this list, Bobby, because I heard so much commotion about him. There were a couple guys where I just put him on the list blind because I thought there'd be an interesting conversation to be had. And Tipman is exactly that because he's so big and so long that true nose tackles or one text can get inside his chest a lot easier than he can keep them off. And it feels like he struggles when somebody gets in too quickly. But at the same time, he helps expand your expand your playbook in the run game because he can pull like an animal makes me wonder honestly bobby i know he plays center do you think he's better guard than he is a center i think he like i mean at six foot
1: that's tough (laughs) i think he could benefit with having a little bit of space between him and the defensive lineman uh you know, because like like you said, he's a good athlete moving a space. I think between the A-gaps, whereas what you, it matters, I don't think he's flashing athleticism very much. No. And he's someone who loses the point of attack on almost at every down basis. And like he doesn't have these dominant reps within the tackle box that you want to have for a guy who's kind of as touted as much as him. Um, you know, like he's constantly hands coming low and wide and guys are getting the space in him. And it's just like for a guy who's 6'6", 313 pounds, like I want to see some dominant reps. Like if you got issues, right. you got issues. But I want to see some dominant reps out of him and I just I am never I'm never like wow, that's a great play out of Tipman. So that's why I think his I think he can be a starting center in the NFL for like a good amount of time, but I don't know if he's ever going to be like a really good one. And this is what mid-round draft prospects are, you know. We're not we're not sitting here. This is this is mid-round for an for, uh, for a reason. Right. But I just have a hard time falling in love with him, like where I'd rather like, you know what, maybe it's a few picks later, but I like Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas. Like that guy, I see the I see there's some wow, wow plays on there that get me excited about the guy. So with Tipman, there's just too many negatives and not enough like pros for me to really fall in love with him besides him being like six foot six and being able to move well in space.
0: It's a question of whether you want to take a risk on shifting the paradigm of what a center is, right? Because normally centers are short-arm for that exact reason. Snap the ball, get your hands up, fight the guy off of you is just implied, right? Because if the nose tackle or the one tech gets a decent jump on you, he's going to be in your kitchen. There's nothing you can really do about it. And if you drop anchor and hold on for dear life, you could try to stay off or stave the guy off. With Tipman, you're, out of, you're adding length. That shouldn't be there. It's not unlike what with the Browns and Ethan Pochic, right? Where can you kit your scheme to get you set of a position that doesn't normally ask for these things? I mean, when Pochic and in Tipman's case, I saw it in uh, some of his film against Uh, I couldn't tell you what team it was now that I think about it. it might've been Ohio state, but he he'll get on these wide zone plays. And when the linebacker tries to shoot through the gap as, as he climbs to the second level, he'll reach out one big arm, spear the guy on his outside shoulder and stop the linebacker to where the running back, if he wants to can hit the linebacker cold and fall forward an extra three or four yards compared to if the linebacker and the running back collided. Right. But like you're saying, Bobby, I mean, the cake, If you will, those foundation plays, he actually struggles with a little bit more than, say, John Michael Schmitz or Luke Whipler and the other centers that you see in this draft. It's these other plays that guys can't do that he gives you access to and questions whether the juice is worth the squeeze, right?
1: I keep muting myself. Uh, <laughs> those things matter, you know. Like working in the wide zone, being able to work some pin and pull stuff, and for the Giants, like they love doing those pin and pull uh, plays. You know, they they ran a ton of them right. uh, this year. And I'm actually not like, like I'm fine with my center being six foot six. Like I, I, I I'm okay with it. You know, we saw with the Giants, Nick Gates moved there from yeah. tackle in college there and do well before he broke his leg. So I, I'm okay with the six six. But like you got to be able to work your leverage well. Like you got to be able to throw, you know, you know, use that size to your advantage if you're not like that prototypical six three, six four type player. So that's that's just my big hang up with him is like he's a good athlete. You get him out in space, but he's not he just never flashes like the athleticism in between the A gaps. Like he I don't ever see him firing off and getting into a defensive tackle and moving them. You know, in pass pro, uh, you know, he loses the point of attack, I think, on an like I said, almost on an every down basis. Almost like when there's down. when there's space in between the rusher, he's leaning, and there's going to be some ugly reps that he has. So there's definitely a lot there to work with with him. Like you said, with with the, you know, I don't think he tested at the combine, but six, six, 313, and you see on the film he can move. So there's stuff there to work with, but I just don't know if that is going to be realized. Like oh, like boy. I like like the like. What's the word? Like, I don't, I don't think the potential is going to be going to be tapped. Like, I think he's got potential. I don't know if he's going to be a guy that taps it though.
0: I think it's so easy, right. To look at a, a RAS card, like relative athletic score or something like that and see, Oh, this guy's a crazy athlete and assume that there's a ton of potential. But like you're saying, I mean, he really struggles with his hands, Bobby. Like, yes, it's one thing to have massively long arms, which he does, especially for a center. But It doesn't mean that you know how to work your leverage or that a lot of those pieces of playing offensive line intuitively make sense to you. So I think Tipman's going to be, if you ask me, Tipman may end up falling into that sky more category, right? Of somebody that a whole lot of draft analysts on Twitter are going to really like, because he can do things that others can't, but misses the little down to down portion of what makes that center or a guard, the center or the guard where I almost wonder if I think he'd be good value in a third round, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gets taken before then.
1: I think he's going to go in the second round. I think someone's going to take him in the second round. Um, Next on this list. I I like this guy more than most DeMarvian overshone the linebacker out of Texas, six foot three, 229. I mean, this guy is a athlete and Mm -hmm. he flies around the field Um, and you would (sighs) What you would think for a guy who's as athletic as him and flies around the field, you think like, oh, he's great, like out on the perimeter in between the in between the tackles can use some work. And he can use some work there. But like this guy just operating within the box, Robert, I like him. Like I think mm-hmm. his IQ of, of working the run fits is solid. Like he's not over aggressive or out of place, but when he no. does need to shoot a gap, he does. Um and when he's moving forward in, like, stack and shed block const- deconstruction, I think he does a fairly good job. Like, he's not Jack Campbell or anything, but, like, he does a solid job j- job on that. But crazy enough, his weakest area with blo- with blocks is out on the perimeter, facing yep. fullbacks and tight ends in space. <laughs> that's where you see, like, him get bullied. Like, that's it's so weird. You think this guy, like, hey, he's got a fullback or a tight end. He's going to blow their ass up because he's fast and he's a hard hitter which actually he is a big hitter, which I think matters more than people want to uh, realize with linebackers. But it's just in space, he gets dominated. And it's so weird for a guy who's (laughs) who's that type of athlete who does fairly well in the box, but out on the edges, it's like this guy gets bullied by tight ends and fullbacks.
0: He, to me, this is, can you tell I liked picking guys that need work? because I think they're the most interesting ones to talk about, right? Overshone is another one of those victims, Bobby. You didn't even mention the fact Texas keeps wanting to put him on the line of scrimmage playing like edge more or less. And they'll, they'll rush him as a linebacker from outside there to occupy one of the tackles, but he's not very good at it, you know? So you end up with what 30, 25% of his plays that are just, he's filling space and we're not yeah. getting to see his tape be what it is. But I'll tell you what, I can't help but think that if you put a little bit of development into him, you could have on your hands a really sweet will inside linebacker in a 4-3 or a standard 3-4 inside linebacker. I mean, the side-to-side speed line is really great. To me, the big thing about him, Bobby, he he uses his natural speed and converts it to force really, really well, Mm -hmm. which is part of why, to me, he's so much better inside the box than he is out wide, because once he gets out wide, he's having to track to the outside and I don't think he can Turn his momentum, say, from east-west to north-south, well enough to blow up a lot of those plays. But that's just me trying to rationalize what's happening when we're out there. Because, like you're talking about, when he gets free run to the running back, he'll take guys' heads off, just about. But you throw a blocker out there, he struggles a little bit. I also love his eyes in coverage. Uh, Texas does a lot of spot drop; it's nothing crazy. They're not doing a lot of the max match quarters or Tampa two stuff that maybe gets him on the move a little more. But I feel like Overshone has a natural neck for covering real space in coverage instead of just I got to drop the spot the coach told me to. And I feel like those brainy linebackers are the guys that end up being the difference on third and six when you know a slant's coming versus a, a linebacker who, oh, whoops. JSN just caught another first down and you're just turning around and pouting. You know what I'm talking about? Overshown is a little bit to offer in a lot of areas. And I can't help feeling like he's he's a linebacker I want to have my eye on, especially given some of the other guys in the class.
1: I really I like Overshown. Like obviously he's not you're taking the top of the second round, but he is a guy that, like, if your team drafts him you should be excited about because he is this ball of clay that can be worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, like in the box, if he's moving forward and using some of that speed and explosion to get into blocks, he does really well. If they're able to climb up into him, then, you know, he's not the best. And again, that's where he's going to need growth and, and to add some strength, you know, he's only 229 pounds. It seems like every single linebacker I watch is only like 225 all pounds.
0: They're all light. And we did an episode
1: was- with Nick Philado and, it's like we were looking at Dorian Williams. and I was like, I'm so tired of these safeties playing linebackers. Like, teach, <laughs> like, don't let your, like, I don't care about college football as much. I want to watch you these guys for the draft. Like, have these guys add 15 right. pounds and then play the position.
0: Right. And um, Dorian Williams is one of the best examples of that. Another one. Have you watched Trenton Simpson yet?
1: Yo, I can't stand him. I don't, I cannot stand
0: Trent. <laughs> Simpson. I knew you'd hate him. I knew you'd hate him. And I mean, there are so many of these guys that look the Bears ran. Like I think Overshone's a better player than Trenton Simpson. Well, I mean, he's certainly more well-rounded than Trenton Simpson, right? Like yeah. it's Simpson to the one thing he does that I don't I can't think of another linebacker in the class that does, Bobby, is he anticipates. In coverage, whereas other linebackers react, or best case scenario, they feel the play coming as they move. But Trenton Simpson plays ahead of the ball when he's in coverage. But I bring up Simpson because Overshown wants to hit you. He likes contact enough that Mm -hmm. he's going to stick his head in a run fit if he has to be there. And I can't help but think that that's the difference between again, we use down and distances, but on a first ten run, uh, first and ten run, Bobby. That's the difference between. or second and seven, which could go a whole lot of different directions. And a linebacker getting blown up in a second and three, which, hey, the series isn't over. Football's not always that dramatic right? But one player can be the difference, especially when you're attacking that side of the field in four or five yards on the ground, which massively changes the way the defense has to call themselves on the downs after that and can allow a free 10 yards. And you allow enough of those, obviously you give up points. It's so funny how, when people talk about how football is a game of inches, this is the stuff they're talking about, right? Like, is your linebacker willing to fit the run, even if they're not going to win? take a controlled loss and stymie the running back even just a little bit you know
1: yeah definitely so yeah uh, overshown is someone who i at least see being willing to go and do that you know like he needs growth there but uh, a willingness like like team's game plans weren't to run at you know tomorrow and overshown where if you're playing clemson like i'll run at trenton simpson all day long like bring it bring it like i will you know uh, you know, point you out like water boy and say, you know, that's who I'm going at Um <laughs> next on this list. So we actually talked about this. uh I think on the senior bowl where it's like the first guy you evaluate always gets graded the harshest. Right. And that was this guy. So I had to like, he did well at the senior bowl, <laughs> had to go back and rewatch him. And I, he's like one of the few guys I go and like change my grade on. You watch Benton first. I Either one of the first three guys, like he was like, at least on the first day, and I graded this guy pretty harshly and then had to go back and rewatch him and like, okay, he's better than than I gave him credit for. Talk to me about Keanu Benton.
0: To me, so Keanu Benton is a one tech that maybe he could play a little bit of three tech, comes out of Wisconsin, plays at a nice weight of like 315. And really what I see in him is a one gap penetrator that is developing as a pass rusher. This is, I I feel like one of those crazy startup guys, right, Bobby, because with somebody like Keanu Benton, you're sitting here saying, well, we're already seeing meager returns, but or at least some returns, but you draft him, you develop him and his pass rushing blossoms, you may steal a first round talent or like a low first round talent in the late second round. I mean, this is somebody who if the Giants picked him at 57, I think that's a very, very exciting pick. Not that they should. I don't think he fits the Giants as well as others because of guys like Dexter Lawrence and the other players that they've got on the defensive line. He's going to go to the Eagles. <laughs> he would, wouldn't he? He's a the hard he's raise replacement. Like it. This is a guy who he controls he's a
1: perfect himself. fit for what they do
0: controls himself in the run game really, really well, which in the NFL, if you can't play in the run game, you better be really good in the pass game. But what he can do and is attempting to do in the pass game, I mean, we're seeing long arms, we're seeing bull rushes, we're seeing rips and swims, we're seeing... I I even saw at one point him attempt a ghost move. It did not work because, of course, he's just not agile enough to make something like that work. But I can't help but feeling like Bobby... Half the battle in the defensive line is the willingness to try something in a real game, you know, and when you see a kid on game tape experimenting with what is a long frame and within the the context of I'm already good against the run game, whatever I can offer against the pass game is a bonus. You start to see a player that might make himself a decent weapon in the NFL. I got my eye on Keanu Ben. I like him a lot. He has
1: like some of the best quick initial wins that you're going to get for a defense tackle as a pass rusher. You know, like he, like you said, he works a, a multiple uh, amount of moves and that first step is really nice. It allows him to get in gaps, use his hands and, and have these quick like embarrassed offensive lineman reps, mm-hmm. you know, and especially, you know, like you said, he had a nose tackle who, who lined up a little bit at, at, at three tech for, for Wisconsin. Um, and I want to, but what I want to see out of him to like get to that level where it's like I trust you on a down in down out basis is like when he doesn't have that quick initial win yep I want to see him push the pocket a little more you know or or you know get better at countering like those are the things I need to see out of him and then in the run game like you get him in single blocks like I think he does a pretty damn good job you know I don't think he's amazing um double teams mm-hmm. but when he's facing double teams like he consistently gets moved way too easily and like, and then even when he's in like single blocks, like if the offensive lineman gets good leverage on him, he kind of loses. So again, that pass rush production will be valuable. And if he can work on those other things, that's why, like, I really do think this guy is going to be drafted by the Eagles for some reason. because like, <laughs> They have the depth. They don't need to play this guy right away. Like he'll sit there and develop. And then in 2027, he's going to be making the Pro Bowl with nine and a half sacks.
0: Right. And I mean, with with Benton, like you're talking about, I mean, right now, I feel like he fits a little bit better in a four, three defensive line because I see him as a one gapper. He's not somebody who's trying to two gap. And sometimes it's a little too obvious. You know what I mean, Bobby, where you said it perfectly. You throw a double team at him and you'll erase him. In the run game, but at least he's capable in those one gap scenarios, which he needs to be. I like what you're talking about about counter moves. I can't, or I always forget that college players can be expected, like some will show you the ability to attack, get stymied, re attack, and aggress the pocket. Whereas it feels like Benton's a little all or nothing. Honestly, maybe Mm -hmm. that's surprise, or maybe that surmises his whole game in a nutshell, right? He's either winning, usually winning pretty emphatically or he's losing and it's not a good rep
1: at all you know yeah his pass rush is very boomer bust which is like those quick initial wins are great and it's like i don't even need to see like counters i don't need you to be doing aaron donald style out here like that you don't need to be doing that right but like if you don't get it like quickly transition put your you know replace your hands and like try and at least push the pocket um you know so you can help your edge rusher get a sack or or you know make make force a quarterback to throw the ball you know a quarter of a second earlier right or muddy up a look for him like that's what I want to see with him to like if he can like start working to do like that like that's this is a guy who's going to play as a rookie and play probably good amount you know as like a third defensive tackle for a team with a good D line group
0: right (laughs) and that's if that's if he doesn't start out of necessity for a team, you know, maybe in the Midwest that could use an extra lineman or two. I'm kidding, of course. But like you're saying, if he ends up playing as a rookie, I don't know if that's going to be great for him in the short term. He'll take his lumps for sure because he's got a lot to learn. But in the long term, I really like his upside as a pass rus- or as a not just as a pass rusher, but as a holistic defensive tackle. There's a lot of these guys that can go play the run really well. Not a lot of guys can do what he can in the pass rush perspective.
1: Yeah, like he's he's guaranteed. Like, like he said, even as a rookie, whether he's starting or, you know, rotating in, like he's gonna have pass rush production. He's gonna get a handful of snacks, uh, you know, uh, sacks, QB hits, and 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 pressure. So, like that's why you know he's a uh, it's such an intriguing, intriguing mm-hmm. player for Wisconsin. All right, last on this list, we're gonna talk about we're gonna go flash last, and that is Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. I'm excited to talk about this guy, and. I don't know exactly what he's going to be in the NFL, but what I do know is this guy is unbelievably capable to be a really good wide receiver in the NFL.
0: Mm-hmm. Speed kills Bobby, and his four three eight speed it it translates to the film at one hundred percent. I mean, look, I th- he
1: looks like he runs like a four three four on on film.
0: Honestly, he does. I mean, his the, the funny part about watching Mims Bobby is. His first step is not electric. I mean, he ended up with a very average 10-yard split, and I'm actually not surprised because he's. if we talked about his cons first, I don't think his routes are particularly precise. They're pretty round based on what I've seen. Usually takes him two steps to break, uh, and that's if they let him break at all because he ran a ton of 45-degree angle stuff in Oklahoma. But that 5- to 10-yard region, like off the line of scrimmage, he will dust people. And he will dust just about anybody. I haven't seen a corner that can really keep pace with him when, for lack of a better word, he's trying out there, Bobby. And the speed kills in the NFL. Like, that stuff matters. Your ability to get deep, get vertical, stretch the safeties, uh, take a quarter's defense and push them back, that sets up plays for everybody across the rest of your team. Like you said, Mims plays outside. Mims plays inside. Mims plays at that Z spot. He's taken handoffs. He's taken swing screens. He's done a little bit of everything. And he's somebody that you talked about scheme with corners earlier. The OU scheme did not do him any favors, especially in 2022. What are you seeing out there?
1: Yeah. So because he's five foot 11 is not sure. Like you can be outside receiver, but he's 183 pounds. So he's a little lighter. And he did play the slot mostly when he had his most success, which was in 2021, even though he had a a thousand yard uh, season the last year. But in 2021, he was averaging twenty-two yards per catch on a 78% catch rate. That's insane to be get like leading the college football in, in yards per catch while also having a catch rate like that. Obviously, when you have a, a quarterback like Caleb Williams, it, it, helps. it helps you it helps you out. But Oklahoma, they didn't ask him to do much in the route tree. You know, it was very much like like go, 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 go but he did a good job of it. You know, like his speed is great getting past guys and he effortlessly like runs past defenders. And that's not just like verse, you know, tight man covers. Like you put a guy in off, he is going to work leverage really well and dust you. Like there was so many times where I just saw him, not just like, Oh, he beat be this guy. Like, no, just wide open. Cause he just put a, put a DB in a blender, you know, and, and just like, just has, you can just tell he has a natural feel, Leverage with that speed like he can go up and leap a little bit too um like where i think like i don't know if slot is his area because like you mentioned he's not a good route runner his routes are not chris they're very rounded out they are you know he can telegraph his routes at times so like, i don't see him he's gonna get some slot reps but like i think i see his home in the nfl being on the outside as that guy who's gonna win vertically needs to clean up a lot of things but man he's got all the ability in the world and what gives me a little hope is like at least Oklahoma didn't really ask him to be a great route runner. You right. know, they weren't asking him that like they were basically just like, hey, like nine, uh, show like a skinny post and then turn it up the field, crosser, you know, and then we'll give you some slants here and there.
0: Right. I mean, I had to go all the way back to 2021 to find him running a dig, which I watched a game and a half in 2022. Gets weird because one of the games that's out there is the OU Texas game where OU got crunched real quick and they're playing their tight end at quarterback. Yeah, exactly. It just it, it gets messy. It's like, what are you gonna get from wide receiver tape at that point? So we did see a dig. He can run them, and they they're not bad, they're not good. Right. I wouldn't surprise to see. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up playing a a lot of Z receiver with a little bit of outside. But Mm -hmm. at the NFL point, my biggest question is, where do you draft him? Because the second round makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of receivers in that second round area. I don't think there's any way he slips all the way to the third, but at 57, he may very well be there. And I can't help thinking that that kind of speed opens up all kinds of things for more inside winners and other receivers across your roster that just don't have that kind of threatening speed, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, Where? So where? Let's see. Where is he projected to go right now?
0: Um, Is he projected to go in round two? It depends on where you asked and when you asked. Yeah, Uh, I I also
1: let's see. I'm just going to look at a mock draft simulator and see where they have him, like, ranked as wide receivers. Okay, so, yeah, he's – they have him, like, as their 67. So, I guess, yeah, he is a second-round, possibly third-round type guy.
0: The fact that he's not a complete receiver, Bobby, means that it's not going to be – he's not going to be somebody that I think you're worried about getting taken at 50. That's more like Josh Downs. Say Flowers obviously won't be there. He'll be gone. But some of the other guys that, who knows? I have no idea where receivers are, where, yeah, NFL teams are going to have guys like Jalen Hyatt, guys like Quentin Johnston. I'm assuming first round, but you never know because we assumed the quarterbacks were going to get taken a year ago, and they pretty much all fell into the third round since Kenny Pickett. So somebody like Marvin Mims, I think his speed makes him too attractive to take outside of the second round, but also he's not going to get taken all too early, right? 57 feels like a nice spot for him where the teams at the end of that second round area are going to start to salivate about him.
1: Yeah. So yeah, he, he's a, he's an exciting player. All right, Robert. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think a lot of times it's like, you're like, Hey, where can people follow you? And people just tune that out. Go follow at Robert K. Smith's on Twitter right now. Like that's not a make me nice to do it. Go do it. Like he's going to be part of our draft coverage. He's been part of it. down to senior bowl post combine just kicking off draft month so you like if you're a talking giants listener you need to go follow at robert K Smith, especially as we are into the draft so oh, yeah. go do that right now um so what it you're coming in what, what day are you coming in to the uh the office i know you're visiting family for like a day or two right
0: I'm visiting family, but honestly, I'm down for whatever. If I need to come into the office and then go out of the office, we can talk about it. I'll be in as early as Monday. So I'll be there as we start to really gear things up. And I mean, Bobby, it's going to be so much fun as we get set for. finally. I finally get to watch Thursday. Do you realize how many years it's been since the Bears had a first-round pick? Like, yes, we oh, took yeah, Justin Fields. Right. but That's so weird. That- I've,
1: I have not had that experience since 2005, you
0: know. Oh my gosh, Bobby. After Khalil Mack, we didn't have a first round pick for two years. Then we would have picked Justin Fields, trading our first round pick. That we finally serious. get one. I've been starting mock drafts in the 30s and 40s for years at this point. I'm so, so excited weird. to get a first round pick to talk about. We're picking 25th, and I'm like,
1: this is weird. Like, I couldn't <laughs> imagine not being part of the first day. Uh, It would be funny, you know, like if you were a team that just didn't get a – like if the Giants traded from like 25 to like 33 or something, and it's like, all right, first-round recap, get ready for tomorrow. Like this is very (laughs) weird. Uh, Who
0: is your guy at 25? If you had to pick one right now, I know we're real early in this. There's a lot of corners I like. Like if
1: Joey Porter Jr. could fall, like I would love him, but I don't know if he is. Um,
0: If he doesn't fall, do you think Cam Smith?
1: I gotta do a full. I'm actually like he's on my list of valley, like after we finish recording this because uh, like the Giants him. are doing a top thirty visit with him. I kind of like Zay Flowers, man.
0: Oh, how could you not? Right, especially after the season that Danny just had. I feel like adding wide receiver talent makes all the sense in the world. I, I hate that I
1: like him though because he's short and we have all these short right. wide receivers. But he's not mm-hmm. a he's not a slot wide receiver, so it's like you explain it, but it's like. I kind of wanted someone who's six foot two, but
0: I don't think there's any way this would happen. But if somehow everybody gets freaked out about Quentin Johnson and he gets all the way to 25, look, I don't know where you have him right now. There are some people that are like, I wouldn't touch Quentin Johnson with a 10 foot pole, but I, I think there's a lot there. Like there's, there's receivers, there's going to be some sweet corners, like especially Smith would make a lot of sense. I think most places have him around 30 right now. You never know, but you're going to see another big long corner, but this one's better, right? So he's got all of the down, down fluidity that somebody like Brent's probably doesn't. And I know you and I love Darius rush. Who's to say where that guy's going to go. Cause he had a fabulous senior bowl, which doesn't change everything, but it makes everybody go back and look at the tape again. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I yeah. like I like Darius Rush, um, but there's there is a lot of corners where it makes me feel a little comfortable. Like I bet you there's one I like there at 57. Right. Like, um, is, could a guy like Emmanuel Forbes drop, mm-hmm. uh, drop to there? Like, and I, I like him even though he's like uh, you know uh, a a stick out there. Um, <laughs> so there's 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 a lot of gu- there's a lot of guys who I like am really excited about for pick 57. Where pick 25, I'm like I don't like I don't know who. Any guy I get excited about is like, this guy's probably going to be going in the top 20. So,
0: Right. I mean, even even guys like Darnell Wright, you know, if he ends up going to the top 20, I know you're not looking at tackles right now. I'm looking at tackles. But it feels like every time you you fall in love with somebody out of Tomewa, out of Northwestern, it's like, well, they've got him at 50. Who's to say he gets picked anywhere near there? Right. Yeah. Do, do you remember all of the hubo, hubo, Hullabaloo about uh, Cole Strange last year with mm-hmm. New England? Like as soon as we really love somebody, there's always a chance that the NFL GMs think the exact same way and that he's just off on everybody's board. So it gets so funny around this time I'm of season.
1: I'm just excited. And I'm sure for you. The Raiders, because like when you have the Raiders ahead of you, you can kind of pencil them in to not pick the guy you want. Like they are. Yeah, I know Gruden's (laughs) gone. I know Mayock's gone, but it's like I just feel like they're going to do something weird at pick seven.
0: Well, in Seattle, Um, like. You've got we've got some we got a whole cast of characters when it comes to what's going on, uh, like in the top piece of the draft. Like, obviously, I i can't wait. I mean, it's going to be so much fun figuring out where's Anthony Richardson going to go like and everything else within that. But we'll figure it all out. I can't wait. I mean, it should be fun to put everything together.
1: No doubt. I will right, well, go follow Robert Smith's like I told you at Robert K. Smith's. He's going to be a big part of the draft streams appreciate you as always we appreciate the listeners we'll be back on monday we'll have a mock draft video not a podcast and then tuesday we are starting our official draft previews we're starting off with the edge position which is a position that's not a dire need for the giants but sure as hell would love to add a third guy we appreciate you guys we'll see you then until then let's go big blue